0: Good morning, everyone. All right, so today's text is going to be from Ephesians 4:11 through 15, and it goes, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ I just Before we get into the text today, I just want to uh, give a brief plug for VBS coming up in just a little over a week now. Uh, if any of you have little ones in your life who would qualify, uh, we would love to see them. Uh, we took a group of people out yesterday, and we canvassed the neighborhoods just around uh, our church here right before it rained on us. We got it in Uh But just as an opportunity to invite our neighbors, the children in our neighborhood, into our VBS. And so if there's anybody in your life that you know uh, that might benefit from uh, coming to a vacation Bible school, uh, we would love to have them. And there's an opportunity to sign up online, or, or you can talk to Matt or Savannah, and they'll get that taken care of. Not Matt, but Ashley or Savannah, and they can get that taken care of as well. All right? All right. So I grew up in church. My parents were Christians and so they brought me to church regularly. Sometimes on Sunday mornings I thought if I just sleep long enough maybe they'll just leave and leave me here. But for the most part I grew up in church. And I will tell you that growing up in that environment, growing up in that kind of uh, ethos was one of the best possible ways I could imagine to grow up. It really and truly was. I was surrounded by a number of great people, all most of my parents friends and uh, other adults and other uh, adolescents who were just around me, who tended to be really wonderful people. None of them were perfect. None of them uh, lived sinless lives. But I can say that many of the people in my community growing up um, took seriously the words of Paul in this message, in, in this passage for today. They believed and took seriously the call to grow up, to become mature, Uh, to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In short, they heard Jesus say to them, come follow me, and they did it. They followed Jesus. They set out on a journey of patterning their lives, lives after Jesus, and they moved from infancy to maturity, in Paul's language in this passage. And this was a wonderful way to grow up, being surrounded by really good people, The bulk of my interactions with Christians in my community uh, were overwhelmingly good and life-giving. I grew up in this great context, and for that reason, I'm not particularly jaded about church like some people might be in my generation. But there were also some other interactions, right? I saw some people who their faith did not necessarily make them more mentally and emotionally healthy, right? In fact, I observed some for whom Christianity was a kind of crutch, right? Christianity became something they would hide behind. Their language was often drenched in spiritual jargon. They talked openly about hearing from God or drawing close to Jesus. But if you really examined their lives or interacted with them in any significant way, they did not really look much like the Jesus they claimed to be close to. They were in many ways still mired in the same issues that they came to the faith with. And that made me quite curious. It made me quite curious about why some people who follow Jesus seem to progress in their faith, character, and emotional health, and others just kind of seem to stay the same. Why is that? Why does that happen? You see, it is possible it is possible to exchange the invitation of Jesus to follow him on this journey of transformation and of discipleship for a kind of cheap spirituality, a type of spirituality that we can kind of use as a smokescreen to hide our own issues, whether they be emotional or mental. We can, we can hide behind spirituality, can't we? We've all, if you've been in church for any period of time, you know this to be true. And the problem with this is obvious, but if we're being honest, it's something that happens all too often, doesn't it? It happens all too often in the church. And today we're beginning a series that I'm calling Well, Not Crazy, <laughs> because I believe that the gospel is supposed to make us well and not crazy. <laughs> That's, you can laugh, it's fine. I believe that the the gospel is supposed to make us more mentally and emotionally healthy and not crazy people, right? And this might be a slightly novel idea because if any of us have been in church for any period of time, we know that there are some people believe that going to church makes you crazy, right? That following Jesus might make you a little nuts, but in actuality, if we look at the scriptures and, and we look at what Christ is calling us to in the scriptures, what he's calling us to is mental, emotional, and spiritual health that makes us fully orbed, well-rounded, whole and holy people. Not people who are just close to God, but whose uh, mental and emotional lives are a complete and utter mess. This is not what we are being called to. Sometimes we can use religion to make ourselves less healthy, and that is not the type of religion that Paul is talking about in this passage. There's an author, his name's Pete Scazzaro, and he, writes, he wrote a number of books, but one of the, book, one of the books that he wrote is called uh, The Emotionally Healthy Church. And in that book, he says this. He says, the sad truth is that too little difference exists in terms of emotional and relational maturity between God's people inside the church, and those outside who claim no relationship to Jesus Christ. Even more alarming when you go beyond the praise and worship of our large meetings and and inventions and into the homes and small group meetings of God's people, you often find a valley littered with broken and failed relationships. Uh, Pete goes on to explain in this book why he believes this is the case, and he says this, many are supposedly spiritually mature, but remain infants, children, or teenagers emotionally. They demonstrate little ability to process anger, sadness, or hurt. They whine, complain, distance themselves, blame, and use sarcasm like little children when they don't get their way Highly defensive to criticism or or differences of opinion. They expect to be taken care of and often treat people as objects to meet their needs. Does it sound like anybody you know? (laughs) Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to answer that one out loud. It's okay. Hopefully that person's not sitting next to you. You see, many of us think that spiritual maturity and emotional and mental maturity are two different things, but I would argue that they're not. They're not two different things. I think they're the same thing, actually. We think that we can be spiritually mature but still be a mess very often in the church, and that happens not to be true. And so today, and I'm hoping that this series brings this out for us, that we come to the conclusion that our emotional health and our spiritual health are inseparable. They're not something that we can kind of bifurcate or separate. That they are, in many regards, one and the same. In Ephesians four uh, verses fifteen, at the end of the pa- our teaching text for today, this is what Paul says to the Ephesian church. He says, "Instead, speaking the truth in love, we grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head. That is." Christ. Paul seems to believe that there is a maturing process in following Jesus. That means we move in a direction from infancy to maturity, that there is some movement involved, progressively moving towards the selves that God originally created us to be. But too often in church, we think that we can grow close to God spiritually and still have the hurts, hang-ups, addictions, and emotional problems that we came to Christ with. And this happens not to be the case. It's as if in our minds, we think that uh, when we come to, to God through Christ, He just says to us, all you need to do is read your Bible and get close to me. And I don't care about your emotional instability or your insecurity, or your depression, or your codependence, or your antisocial behavior, right? As if this is what Jesus says to us when we come to him. Many within the church have lied to themselves and believe that being close to God is more about how I feel, how I feel, than it is about the transformation of my character into the image of Jesus. We forget that apart from being God, Jesus was also the most mentally Uh, an emotionally healthy person that ever existed in the history of the world. And if this is true, to mature, to grow up into his image means that we must also become more mentally and emotionally stable, that we are called to become well, right? We are are called to move, if if it's a continuum, from crazy to well. Jesus was a whole and holy person. Yes, he was sinless, and that might have made his life a little easier. But he was also incredibly emotionally healthy and well-adjusted. Jesus had friends. People liked him, right? He knew how to deal with conflict. He wasn't all all tied up, right? He was this emotionally healthy and well-adjusted person. And Paul seems to believe that we as Christians are called to grow up into that image, that picture of what it means to be a person. God loved you while you were unwell, right? The scriptures say, uh, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God loved us when we were unwell, when we were still mired in our own brokenness. But he does not want you to stay that way, You see, God's love is not static. It does not stay in one place. God wants us to move. He wants us to grow up like good parents want their children to grow up from infancy through adolescence and into full health and adulthood. God does not love us because we are good. God loves us no matter what, but he does love us so that we can become healthier people, right? And yes, a huge part of this process is about growing close to Jesus. I'm not trying to make, make light of that, uh, that term or that phrase, but I would argue that we are not growing more mentally and emotionally healthy if we are not growing more mentally and emotionally healthy. At the same time that we are growing close to Jesus relationally, we're actually not growing close to Jesus relationally. We're actually in some significant way deceiving ourselves. In a book written by some people that went to seminary with Ed and I, and Linda, because Linda, you probably took a class with Janine, didn't you? I think you did. Uh, uh, three ladies who taught at our seminary uh, wrote a book called Becoming Whole and Holy. Uh, they wrote it together, and they say this in this book. They say, uh, we, the church, Christians, are invited towards and equipped for growing up into the image and likeness of Christ. And they say, this is normative. And what they mean by that is it's, it's the normal... Uh, course of events. It's what should be happening for every Christian. And they go on to say, if formation, or that growing up into Christ, involves, it must involve uh, cognitive intellectual work and growth, as well as emotional, psychological healing and development. Despite all the talk in Christian circles about emphasis, our emphasis on uh, discipleship and spiritual formation, we so rarely address what spiritual maturity actually looks like. We, and we don't often talk about the fact that it looks like mental and emotional health. It looks like being a healthy, well-functioning person is what being a spiritual person is all about. And unless we integrate our emotional maturity with a focus on loving others well, right, unless we integrate those things, unless we bring them together, we are in danger of missing God's point completely, which is love. Because none of us will be freed up to love, right, unless we are mentally and emotionally healthy. Because if you're not mentally and emotionally healthy, do you know what's going to happen? You're not going to be able to love another person because love is is a movement towards the other in selflessness. And if we're not mentally and emotionally healthy, we won't even be able to make that move, right? We won't be able to embody the very thing God calls us to do, which is love our neighbors and to love God. Unless we step into the type of healing that God has for us in Christ. Because we won't be able to get over ourselves, right? We won't be able to get over the hang ups and the hurts and the resentment and the emotional tumult that we find ourselves in unless we step into this healing that God invites us to. And so, how do we do this? What's the starting point? If we're going to become mature and healthy Christians, where do we begin? What's, what, what enables us to do this? What enables human beings to become healthy, to become emotionally stable, to become well-adjusted, right? What, what enables us to do this? Well, the scriptures have an answer for us. And they say that in order to become emotionally healthy, you have to be connected to Christ, right? You have to be connected to God through Christ. But that the, the linchpin in that process of becoming well right? Becoming, becoming better is an understanding of the love of God, coming into contact with the love of God in some significant and powerful way, and coming to understand that love as a transforming power in our lives. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians 3, verses 17, the end of verse 17, running through 19. And this is just before uh, our teaching text for today. Paul says this, He's praying for the church and he says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love, okay, being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. So in community to grasp how wide and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love, right, to know it, to understand it, to come into contact with it, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all, all the fullness of God. Notice here that until we understand his love, until we understand it, we cannot grow to the fullness of what he has for us, right? Until we come to the knowledge and the understanding of God's love, we cannot grow up into what Christ has for us. You cannot be emotionally, spiritually, or mentally healthy until you understand love and until you understand healthy attachment to that love. It is not religion that makes us healthy. It's not religion that makes us healthy. It's not spirituality, in the in vague sense of the term, that makes us healthy people. It is not even attending church that makes us healthy people, though I suggest you do it just for the record. It is the love of God that makes us healthy people. Without experiencing God's love rightly, we will never begin the process of stepping into health. We will never begin that process until we experience God's love for us. Now, what I am not talking about here is this kind of pie-in-the-sky love that we hear all of the time. I'm talking about real, tangible love, the type of love that actually wills the best for you and not just your happiness. Healthy attachment involves both great, nurturing love as well as discipline and boundaries. We know this if we've had parents who have raised us, right? And when we understand God this way, we know that we can risk out of a place of safety. So uh, so, uh, I believe psychologists did these studies about what they call healthy attachment. And it's about the way in which children attach to their parents in loving relationships. And what was so interesting, and this was regardless of culture, uh, the study that I read was about a a little child in Africa in a a not very developed tribe, right? So not in a city, not in a developed part of the world, but in a tribe, kind of in the boonies, and what they found is that healthy attachment to a parent, so a healthy, loving relationship, if a child experiences the type of love in community uh, and in relationship with their parents that they're supposed to, what it actually allows them to do is not just to be uh, happy and loved and close to their parents, but it provides a platform of safety from which they can go explore, right? And so what they would find is that even any child, regardless of culture, would... Um, if they knew they were loved they would venture out from their house and they would kind of occasionally look back to see if their parent was there because they knew if they were loved and their parent was there they were safe and as they experienced that love it actually allowed them to venture out a little further and a little further and a little further because they knew if they fell they would fall into the arms of a loving parent does this make sense that this love, uh, this healthy attachment allowed them to venture out. Now, we have all seen parenting that is not healthy and does not allow our children to venture out, right? And, we, and that is because those parents, uh, really, they don't love their child. They love themselves, and they're scared of what will happen to them if their child gets hurt, right? They're scared of what will happen to them if their child sticks a Lego up their nose. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Which you should be scared of, for the record. Um, but, but that's not real love, right? Real love is about healthy attachment and boundaries, right? A, a real love is about uh, creating an environment where your child can grow to become healthy, creating an environment where your child can fail, can encounter adversity, learn to overcome it, and fail, and fail, and learn to overcome it, and fail again, right? That's real love. But we don't always want God to be that way, do we? We want God to just love me and want me to be happy, right? We don't want God to love us into maturity. We don't want God to place boundaries for us. We don't want God to discipline us. We don't want that type of love in our lives, right? We want this type of love that simply allows us to do whatever it is we want. That's what we want. We tend to. But this is not what God is like. The love of God actually creates a solid platform from which to launch out on the adventure of pursuing the way of Jesus and of becoming well. This is what the love of God creates for us, of growing to become more mentally and emotionally healthy, of facing our junk, which is a scary thing, right? When you face your own sinfulness and your own inadequacy and your own brokenness. This is not a fun process, but the love of God creates Uh, a safe platform from which we can do that because we know no matter how we fail, no matter how we fall, no matter how um, bad we can be sometimes, we can always fall back into the loving arms of God that we can venture much because we are loved much. No one said the journey of pursuing the way of Jesus is easy. This is not something you'll ever read in the Bible. Actually, Jesus said the exact opposite multiple times. It is not necessarily an easy thing. But if you know that you are loved and you dwell within that love, nothing can harm you. And all you have to gain is everything. And all you have to lose is nothing. Because you and I are already loved by God. He already holds us. He already loves us. He already is calling us up into the people that He wants us to be. He is already out in front of us, creating a way for us to become the people that He created us to be. And if this is what God is committed to, maybe it would be best that we commit to it as well, right? If God is committed to your wholeness and holiness, maybe it's best that we commit to that as well, if the band could come up. And so this morning, what, uh, what I think I want to do and what I, what I felt strongly led for us to do today was just to try to maybe reacquaint ourselves with the love of God. To maybe find uh, some room in our hearts to reacquaint ourselves with a love that allows us to risk much. Because if we're all being honest with ourselves, this process, this process of becoming a whole and holy person is not easy. There's a lot of sin and dysfunction in us that God wants to address. There's a lot of sin and dysfunction in me that God longs to address, right? Because he wants us to become the people that he created us to be. He wants us to grow up into the image of his son Jesus, Paul says, to attaining the fullness, right, that is in Christ. It's crazy to think about. But that's what God desires for each of us. And we can only even begin that journey, we can only even begin it by first coming to a knowledge, to an understanding of God's love, of knowing and believing that God loves us and that He wants us to become all that He created us to be, that He wants us to grow up into the image of His Son, and He wants this to happen because He loves you. And so with our remaining time here today, the band's going to play. And I just want uh, us to take an opportunity to just open up our hearts to the love of God this morning, that we would allow ourselves to hear and to know that God loves us and to feel ourselves being pulled, right, towards, towards the person of Jesus the truth of the matter is is that many of us do have something to risk because becoming whole and holy is not easy. Becoming well and not crazy is hard. It's not an easy thing. But it's what we're called to as Christians. It's what we're called to as Christians. So today, if you just bow your heads with me, I just want to pray specifically for you. So if there's anyone in the room who just feels like today, you need, you want, uh, a fresh encounter with the love of God this morning. If you just raise your hand for me. I'll see that hand just so that I can pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pray and then the band will play for a minute and then we'll come up. But we'll... Lord, we pray that this morning, God, we would have a fresh encounter with your love. And then that love would become a, a launching pad of sorts, a safe platform from which we can launch out on this adventure of following you, knowing that as we risk much, we can always fall back into the loving arms of our Father. God, today would, uh, for those people specifically who feel as though they need a fresh touch of your love, would your spirit come and dwell with them? Would it it come and dwell with them, God? And as they, uh, maybe they're encountering something difficult this week, maybe they are uh, becoming really aware of something in their lives that needs to change. Father, would you be with them and would you communicate your love to them? Jesus we know that you long and desire to bring about change in our hearts you long and desire to bring us up into maturity so today God would you reveal that love to us afresh and a new spirit would you be here amongst us Amen